Welcome to the GateWorld Podcast. Welcome everyone to the GateWorld Podcast. This is episode number 148. I'm Darren. And I'm Adam. And this is the show where two nerds talk about all things Stargate. And Adam, I just got back from Comic-Con and I wanted to make sure we had a chance to talk about all things Stargate at Comic-Con 2018. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to dive in because the flow of information from the convention to social media and where people are hanging out who haven't been able to attend in person, it's been kind of broken. Everyone's like, did something happen? Did it not happen? You know, what's the word on the floor? So this will be an awesome opportunity to get to hear from someone who was there and actually on the panel for Stargate and going to the events. And you can kind of share with those who weren't able to make it what happened and how this is going to indicate where Stargate might go in the future. So it was really a whirlwind trip down to San Diego. We had a bunch of Stargate activities planned throughout the day on Thursday. We did a little bit more into the day on Friday. And then I only stayed for the first half of the convention. I only stayed until Saturday. So I've been home. I've been recovering. We're going to get this podcast up early in the week. So... Um, You'll be able to find more at gateworld.net about sort of, you know, how the panel went. But I guess the first the first news to report is that there's no news to report. I mean, in terms of a big announcement of like a new show or another season of Origins, they actually didn't announce it at Comic-Con this year. Uh, I was hoping that they would have more ready to say um, because it was at right. It was at Comic-Con last year in 2017 where they first announced that Origins was going to happen. Yeah. And they had they did, they hadn't cast it yet, but they had the idea. They had the, the first teaser poster that they gave out to fans at the panel. Well, they also had Origins like crude, like they had already hired the writers and the director and both one of the co-writers, Mark Ilvidson and Mercedes Bryce Morgan were there for the panel. Um, even though they hadn't shot it yet. So in that sense, like I'm realizing Origins was pretty far along in the development process. If you've already got a green light and hired your key creatives, there's a chance that, you know, they might be working on something right now and they just haven't reached that point. And if you, you're not comfortable announcing it and you haven't set in stone what you're going to make and who you're going to make it with, it doesn't really serve the franchise or the studio to just show your cards too early. Yeah, I hope fans weren't disappointed with with what came out, with what sort of happened at Comic-Con for Stargate this year. I had a blast. The studio invited me to be on the panel. So I sat up there on stage for an hour next to Chris Judge listening him tell stories, which was an incredible experience for me as somebody who's been a, a fan of this this franchise for two decades. But uh, we did that, and then we had later on Thursday afternoon, Legion M hosted a big party at the Harbor House down in downtown San Diego. The cast of Origins showed up for that. So we got to kind of mingle with them, with other Stargate fans. And then Thursday night, they had the the official big uh, public premiere of Stargate Origins, the feature cut, on the deck of the USS Midway. So let's talk about the premiere of the feature cut, just because um, that kind of has some uh, personal significance for you because you were actually at the Continuum premiere a decade ago, which I believe was also on the USS Midway on the deck in uh, 2008. So what was it like a decade later coming back to the exact same location and seeing a new, you know, for all intents and purposes, Stargate movie broadcast on the deck of the aircraft carrier? 
You know what? I was not at the 2008 premiere of Continuum. Oh. David was. Yeah, oh, David okay. David Reed was working for Gateworld at the time, and I was super jealous. I can't even begin to tell you. <laughs> um, I told him when we were there, I told him, like, okay, dude, of all the cool things you've gotten to go and do, uh, being at the Continuum premiere in 2008 on the Midway I, was the thing I, I wish I most could have been there with him for. Because, you know, we've done set visits and conventions and all sorts of things together. Um, so I didn't get to go to Comic-Con in 2008 when they premiered Stargate Continuum. This was, yeah, this was kind of making up a little bit to, you know, get to see the Midway, to get to be there at sunset when we're, you know, gathering Stargate fans together. There's folks from MGM there. There's cast members there. Uh, and and watch this thing in its finished final Form, right? This thing was announced a year ago. It hadn't been cast. Uh, the writing wasn't done. They made it. They shot it in the fall. They premiered it to us as web episodes in February and in March. And now, you know, it's a year has gone by. It's full circle. It's finished. And to be able to watch the feature cut with the cast right there was a fantastic experience. One of the things that's been interesting in kind of our journey or Gateworld's journey with Stargate Origins is that, you know, a little bit earlier this year, a couple weeks ago, and even as far back as a couple months ago, I started to get to interview the cast. And, and a lot of the cast is younger. And, like, I, you kind of see, like, in the pictures I saw or the, the little video clips I saw from, like, the premiere or from the signing, you see this, like, glow on their face. Like, they just never expected to be for such a small gig to be so big and have such a, a built-in fan base and like you know usually a show or a movie premieres or especially a low-budget web series and then it'll fade away into obscurity but because it's a part of this you know venerable stargate canon like it's there it's gonna be a part of fandom forever and, and that's something that actors get to experience years and years and years beyond they beyond um them ever putting in any work on the project like showing up on camera so i just i don't know i think you got to talk to some of the cast right like at the, yeah. the signing of the premiere i think they had a really good time again you say they're they're really young they're kind of most of them are brand new to the industry they're starting out in their young careers. Uh, and one thing that you've done at the end of the interviews that I've listened to so far with the, the different cast members is you've given them that sort of welcome to the family, right? Stargate yeah. is a family and it's not just the, the, the productions that shot in Vancouver. It's the broader Stargate family includes fandom and it includes uh, the studio folks at MGM and uh, their, I think it's really important that this cast gets embraced and gets yeah. welcomed into the family that is Stargate. So, yeah, it was super cool to have them there. They're, you know, they're kind of at the party. They were hanging out at a table in the corner. They were they were um, catching up with one another. And, you know, fans would introduce themselves. I get to, you know, get to take pictures with fans, uh, get people asking for autographs. That's that's a great thing for them as young actors to have that experience. But then I got to credit our buddy David read he's had a he had a stack of posters that uh, was needing to be signed that was going to be given away at the midway event so he was like you know what let's clear off this table this row of tables and let's just get all the cast up here and sign them like as an event in front of everybody <laughs> so then suddenly it became this like this whole thing and like it, uh, there's people gathering around like you know geeks like me taking pictures of them signing these posters and it was just this really kind of cool spontaneous thing that that uh, I think was really good for the cast. So in terms of the panel, uh, I don't think it's online as of the time we are recording it, which is uh, weekend 
after the Thursday. Um, right. It is coming. I think it's going to take about a week. But yeah, Stargate Command will post the entire video of the panel. Cool. And that's what they did for last year. So I figured it was coming at some point. And uh, we had some great people like you and someone else on Twitter um, who are kind of live tweeting and giving us information. But we haven't you know, seen or heard of it in full. So you can be our messenger today, Darren. Can you just walk us through kind of the broad strokes of what was covered in the panel and then specifically dive into the little bit that we did get announced about what Stargate is command, uh, what Stargate command is doing with uh, Tongle. Yeah. Let me try and remember what was actually said on the panel. And then I think we can say uh, a little bit more, but again, knowing that the, the, the full official announcement or set of announcements about what they're doing next for the franchise uh, is, is coming pretty soon. I think it's, we're only going to have to wait a few more weeks before we start to get some of the official things nailed down. Okay. Uh, we could talk a bit more about that, but the panel itself had, it was hosted by Kieran Dixon, who's the editor at StargateCommand.co. Uh, I've been interacting with Kieran, uh, as have you, uh, for right, at least a year now since they announced that they were getting ready to, to, to launch Stargate Command. Um, you've written some stuff over there on the site. So he's a great guy. It was great to have a chance to get to connect with him face to face finally. Uh, and he's a, a huge longtime Stargate fan. So he moderated the panel and then we had uh, uh, David and I sitting next to him we we started by just kind of talking about fandom about gate world about the fact that it's it's been you know almost 19 years since gate world was created and that sort of original story i told the story that podcast listeners have probably heard 10 times about how uh the sort of impetus for gate worlds being being started what it was in the in the early days how we started to get people to come together around GateWorld Forum. That was for a lot of people. That was the first online forum that they ever signed up for. Was was ours, and how that sort of turned into a family. There was there's a family of GateWorlders who connected online, and then they would go to conventions, and then they they would meet each other face to face, and then they would meet each other like annually. They would go to these events and connect and become a part of people's lives. GateWorld's been that kind of incredible platform for people to come together. Um, we talked a bit about the history of GateWorld. Uh, and then let's see who else is on the panel. Chris and Tony are are obviously the big draws and they've got amazing stories. You know, they, tro- they told hilarious stories, some of which fans might have heard before. We posted uh, a, a few weeks ago, we posted the video of Chris's appearance at uh, Comic Con, I think it's called the Connecticut Convention. From just like a month or two ago, right? Yeah, he, he did that convention a month ago, and they released the entire video of the panel. So I had I had a few weeks earlier, I had listened to Chris Judge to an hour of his shtick. So some of the stories I had already heard, but of course, some of it was was brand new. And watching him and Tony, all the, the stuff that they've been through over the years, and that sort of mentor-mentee, sort of father-son relationship that that Braytac and Teal Cat on the show, they've yeah. developed over the course of 20 years together. So that was a ton of fun. Uh, and then further down the panel table, if you look at the, the photo of the panel table, next was James DiGiulio, uh, who was there from Tongle Publishing. Uh, Tongle, this was part of what what MGM was was ready to say was that uh, they've got a, a relationship now with Tongle Publishing, and they're they're looking to see how they can move forward with some sort of official, unofficial fan productions through Tongle. So Tongle is this really interesting idea where where they basically 
provide a way for for fan creatives, whether it's fan filmmakers or I think maybe other sorts of media as well, um, to to do their work, to get their stuff out there and to do it in a way that that is kind of legally approved by the studio that doesn't trample on the studio's intellectual property. So they're going to have more to say about what that looks like in its kind of Stargate uh, expression. But James was there kind of talking about his company and his creative vision. So there wasn't really much else that was rolled out besides, hey, we're partnering up with these guys. Well, they didn't specify like what what is the Stargate version of this look like? Uh, uh, but I think it entails like going out and finding Stargate fans who are, for example, filmmakers. And again, I don't know if it's limited to just the medium of fan films. Yeah. Right. It might be other forms of art, other forms of like all the different ways that we as fans make use of Stargate's intellectual property, the Stargate brand uh, for our for our creative work, for our creative expression, for our creative storytelling. Uh, they're going to try and find some Stargate fans who want to do some kind of of you know, fan production uh, and and bring it bring it kind of in house through Tongle, bring it under the umbrella of uh, what Stargate Command does in the online space. So it sounds really exciting to me, but yeah, I can't get any any more specific than that because I don't really know how it's going to work out. Yeah, it's it's definitely it piqued my interest when I went to research Tongle. It's not anything remotely that I expected would happen. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's just interesting. I'm kind of wondering what's going on behind the veil. If, if this is a part of their rollout, cause maybe they're working on elements right. or kind of angles to a, a, uh, Stargate digital platform that are more than just putting, uh, the old library of Stargate up online. You know, they're, they're Stargate command could be developing into something a bit more sophisticated. I think that's exactly how how we should put it. Stargate Command is looking to evolve into something that's more sophisticated. They did their kind of 1.0 launch last fall. They had all the the past shows and and movies available to watch. Then they had Stargate Origins. They had Dialing Home, this behind-the-scenes interview series that David Reed co-hosts with Chris Judge. Uh, And then they've done all the other sort of fan content on Stargate Command. They're looking to evolve that for sure. For Stargate Command 2.0, whatever that looks like, uh, whatever platform it ends up being on, uh, they're looking to kind of expand it and grow it and have lots of new dimensions to it. Tongle's one of those dimensions. Tongle is not the announcement that that they're working on. Uh, I think it's fair to say they're working on lots of different things. They're working on more uh, sort of live action content of some sort. They're working on, you know, fan content through Tongle, uh, uh, original content like Dialing Home that's going to live at Stargate Command uh, and other things. And so it's, yeah, they're looking for a three-dimensional experience for Stargate fans moving forward. It does, I think it does include some some additional in-canon storytelling. And uh, hopefully it does include some form of live action storytelling. Uh, they're just not ready to tell us yet what those things are because they're still trying to they're, they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to nail down the deals with the creatives. But the message that was given was, you know, right now, everything's out on the table. Anything is possible. And they they want to do it. That's, I think, what we as, as fans can be excited about and encouraged by is they didn't just look at Origins and say, ah, well, that didn't necessarily work out the way we thought it would. Uh, they are excited as well to kind of take Stargate to, to the next phase. 
Yeah, and like I think with with Origins, there were months of development that we weren't really hearing about. And so if you look at when Origins ended, or even when the feature cut came out, which was just a few weeks ago, if they want to crunch all that data and then make a decision, it's like they're only in the initial stages of doing that. And especially if you're putting together TV shows, the deals are very complex. The financing is very complex. Um, distribution, if they wanted to put it on somewhere like Netflix or cable TV network and also on Stargate Command, the contracts are even more complex then. Right. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. You know, the inner fan was hoping like, yes, we're going to, you know, they're going to unveil everything at Comic-Con and Stargate's going to, you know, boost in the stratosphere. But it's like, I, I have to activate the pragmatist inside of me that knows how. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Uh, you know how long and exhausting uh, the live action development can be within the studio system and say, OK, you know, it's going to happen. Stargate is a multi-billion dollar franchise. Um, the fans are awake again, even if they're even if they want something other than Origins. And, and you know, it's going to happen just in due time. I think that folks tend to not realize that studios need uh, partially for legal reasons, I would I would think they need to have all their ducks lined up and all their contracts signed before they can officially announce something, right? So when a studio comes along and announces, uh, you know, hey, we're we're doing a show, Star Trek Discovery, or we're doing uh, one of the things that, that Star Trek announced at Comic-Con this year was they're going to do four short-form stories. They're going to do four what they call short tracks, like 15-minute stories. That's right. They, they can't announce that until the deals are done. They've got they've got producers, they've got writers, the cast is committed, everybody's deals are closed. Then they can start talking publicly about it. So I think I I'm speculating a bit here. I think we're at the point where they are talking to all the people behind the scenes, the the, the creatives, potential producers and consultants and, and talent. And they're just trying to get everybody nailed down before they're able to tell us what the thing is. Yeah, and I wanted to actually draw upon a past comparison, which is Stargate Universe. Um, if I'm, unless I'm mistaken, and you'll be here to fact check me, like, you know, that was already in development for over a year before it was greenlit. Um, like, they had, Brad and Rob had talked about it, or someone talked about it, like, summer of 2007, and kind of brought it on the radar, even publicly. And then it took over a year until it was green lit. And that's when Stargate was at its prime as well. You know what I'm saying? That's when Bridge Studios was up and active. They were producing a show and producing movies. So yeah. the infrastructure is complicated. Like one thing I was just thinking of is like people view contracts as this very, you know, binary thing. Like, oh, you just print out a template and get someone to sign. It's like these things can be hundreds of pages long and someone has to write that and the studio has to go over that. And they have to like when you're spending, if you're looking at a movie, which could be tens of millions to a hundred million theatrically released or a season of a TV show, which is 60 or 80 million, like there's a weight that comes with spending that amount of money just any time. You know what I'm saying? No one wants to dump that amount of money on something unless yeah. everything is meticulously crafted for success. And part of it is negotiation, right? You're negotiating yes, with too. talent and you're trying to figure out if the budget that the studio is willing to give can meet what the creatives that you want are asking for. That's, I mean, that's that's the business behind television. And that's could be a very good thing if that's what's happening, Darren, because that could mean that there are legacy characters who are looking to reprise their role in future live action content, but 
there has to be both an agreement about money and what format, but also, yeah. you know, sometimes this is just pure speculation, guys, I promise. Sometimes like actors, if they come back to reprise an iconic character, they want to have a hand in some of the creative direction. Um, I know publicly Chris Judge has stated that he's been pitching things to MGM as far back as a year ago before Origins was even produced. Um, he, he made this announcement at a convention that he'd been talking with MGM both for Dialing Home and for future live action content of which he would be involved both in front of and behind the camera. Um, I, I guess people have kind of lost track of that. Like we don't think about that because it's so many news cycles back, but like just because Chris judge stopped talking about that doesn't mean that discussions or negotiations behind the scenes have stopped. In fact, silence can be right. a good thing because it means they actually are, might be hunkering down to look to nail down a deal and, and, you know, taking it out of the public eye. Right. Exactly. Now, before uh, Chris did talk about this on the panel and you'll be able to hear it in full when the panel video is released, uh, I'm also going to write up a piece for GateWorld. And I don't know, it might beat the, the, the podcast to to the to GateWorld. So go and, and look for the story on GateWorld.net. I'm going to write up what he said in the panel, which which I know is obviously public and can be talked about. Uh, but before I tell you what he said there, I would be negligent if I didn't finish our panelists. There's one sure. more panelist sitting at the end of the table. Sorry, Dean. Um, our last panelist is uh, Dean Newberry was down at the end of the table. He's the guy who's in cosplay dressed up in, in SGC fatigues. He's a longtime Stargate fan. He's a props maker. Uh, Dean worked with uh, David at PropWorks when they, they sort of got all the assets after Stargate production shut down. They got all the costumes and the props and all that stuff from Vancouver. And they ran through a series of auctions. You know, most of that stuff, the stuff that was was worth selling and was was repairable. Um, Dean was one of the guys in the warehouse who was getting that stuff ready and preparing for the series of auctions that they did uh, through PropWorks. Just to clarify, for the PropWorks thing, are you talking about for Atlantis or SG One, or also for Universe? This was when Stargate SG One went off the air, and when they were finished with the movies. Eventually, you'll remember that they just had to strike the sets yeah. because it was clear that they weren't going to going to get the next movie done. So, yeah, it was mostly SG-1. It was also Atlantis eventually when Atlantis went off the air. So, you know, we covered this on GateWorld at the time. Uh, David did lots of reporting for us about some of the featured items that they were auctioning off to fans. Um, some of it was, you know, the high profile stuff like the Stargates themselves, both the SG-1 gate and the Atlantis gate. Uh, were cut up into pieces, you know, one chevron at a time and sold to fans. It's got to be such a bittersweet job in that case, because it's like, yeah, it's like disassembling a legacy, but you're also, you know, carefully preserving it for fans to exactly. you know, for it to live on as memorabilia in fans homes, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's preservation. And we all want those pieces to live on uh, in 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 the lives of fans and not just be, you know, end up in a dumpster somewhere. So the dial home device, take this, for example, the, dial, the, the recognizable Milky Way dial home device ended up in a fan's collection and then MGM was able to get it back. They were able to borrow it from a fan for Stargate Origins. Oh, really? So the DHD that we see on Abydos in Stargate Origins is the original prop from SG-1. That's super cool. That's really awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's in a fan's collection now. So, Darren, quick question. In terms of timetable, 
you said you were thinking it might we might be hearing things and the you know the bigger announcements within as soon as a couple weeks or a month or two um is there any kind of like timetable or, or signals we should be looking for can you tell us just anything at all about what mgm might have said on the panel about how they're going to roll out the future of stargate I was privy to some of the conversations behind the scenes about like what we can say on the panel and what we're not yet able to talk about on the panel. So I don't know what's going on for sure. Um, I don't know what's going to end up being nailed down. Uh, I was I was eavesdropping a bit. So obviously there's some things that I can't (laughs) talk about. But um, what what was talked about on the panel was there is a future. Right. They're really excited about it. They've got their fingers out in lots of different directions. So I think that once they start to be able to announce things, they're probably going to announce more than one thing. Okay. You know, different different sorts of projects in different sorts of media. I hope that one of those is live action. I can't tell you that they're about to, you know, turn around and, and announce a 22 episode television series. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we may get we may get to something like that eventually. But in terms of timetable, it's it's done when it's done, right? It's one of those things where I feel like a little kid kind of sitting in the back of the car asking my parents, <laughs> are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah. Um, that's the way the business works. We're going to be there when we're there. When the deals are done, they're going to they're gonna be able to announce it. Now, I do know that GateCon is coming up in mid-September in Vancouver. That's going to be a huge event. The studio is going to have a presence there. Stargate Command is going to have a presence there. And I hope that they're going to have something to announce by GateCon. And GateCon is going to be a bountiful celebration of all things Stargate. Um, If you go to the website, if you go to gateworld.net and click on our article about GateCon returning to Vancouver in September, it was just posted a couple days ago, there's a list of all the Stargate-related guests. And I don't even think it's complete yet. They'll probably add a few. Um, It's massive. I mean, it's... I'm jealous I'm not going to be there. I think like yeah. if you can at all make it happen, do it because this is this is going to be an, an event convention. GateCon is GateCon's always an event. GateCon, for those who aren't familiar with it, is a, a longtime kind of legacy part of the Stargate family. It goes all the way back to, uh, well, 2000. The year 2000 was the first one, but they were planning it even a couple of years before that. So you know, SG-1 is in its first season, second season, and they start to put together the idea for a big Stargate convention in Vancouver where Stargate shot and where everybody's located. Uh, the first event was in 2000. They did a bunch of them over the course of the years, and then they took a few years off, right? The, the shows were off the air, and GateCon had this hiatus for about six years. They came back in 2016. They had a big event called the Homecoming. Uh, And so this year, 2018, is going to be the second in this sort of spinning things back up. Uh, And you're right. The guest list is crazy. I mean, if you get to go to a Stargate convention in another city, you might be lucky enough to have five or six actors. Yeah. But they have, at last count, they had 36 people cast and crew from from the different series lined up and i think the list is is probably not done yet but it's it's folks like amanda tapping michael shanks terrell rothry paul mcgillian's going to be there uh rainbow sun franks from atlantis is going to be there tons of these recurring guest stars that we all know and love that we've seen in in many many episodes of stargate we've seen them in other shows uh martin wood the longtime director of stargate is going to be there 
And Brad Wright is going to be there. Brad Wright co-created SG-1, Atlantis, and Stargate Universe. He's going to be there. Isn't this the first time that Brad's doing a convention since the one where he literally announced Stargate is dead? I don't know if you remember that. Um, it was in April of 2011. I think it was in Vancouver. Was it GateCon? Might have been creation. Maybe. Okay. He came out on stage and he basically said, you know, just a couple days ago, we got the word that the universe movie and the combo movie isn't going to come together and we have to pack up the sets. Um, and then he kind uh, of like, yeah, yeah. It was like, I, re- I just read your report. I went back to reminisce about it a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. And that was literally, you know, shutting down the franchise. And I think Brad kind of, for his own sanity, you know, removed himself from Stargate and had to move on. And, and and this is like, isn't this the first time he's doing a convention since then? I think it is. I, I haven't heard of him doing other fan events since then. Uh, Stargate Universe went off the air in 2011. There was a little bit of lingering hope that there might be some sort of movie, maybe even a movie that drew together all three elements of all three casts to kind of try and wrap up these these dangling stories. Uh, that didn't come to fruition. Uh, we didn't hear much from Brad for a few years until he spun up his new show. So he's now creating, executive producing the show Travelers, which is on Showcase in Canada and uh, the U.S. and elsewhere. It's on Netflix. If you haven't watched Travelers, go check it out. It's a great show. One of the great beacons of hope that I see or the the good signs that I see for the Stargate franchise is the fact that uh, conventions are still successful and that they're able to put something together like this and have it happen fairly often. And at this point, we're seeing more of them boot back up because Stargate's kind of coming to life. Um, I can say, I believe from like a studio perspective, when they see you know, you filling convention centers of hotels and hundreds of fans or thousands of fans from around the globe congregating um, around the legacy of Stargate, that bodes well um, for a studio to want to create more content and keep this universe alive. Because you're seeing in a very physical sense how many lives this franchise is touching and how um, thirsty people are to still have more storytelling from this universe and and to not just say, oh, that was a cute show. It got canceled. You know, whatever. I'll, for, you know, I'll get over it. This is something that people aren't ready to give up and won't be ready to give up for many years to come. And like... I think, like, for fans, if you're able to make it, like, go to these conventions because that contributes to the health and kind of unity of Stargate fandom, which only bodes well for future material. Yeah, totally. I just want to thank, if anybody is listening who is at the panel, I want to thank you for showing up. I want to thank you for turning up to Room 7AB on a Thursday afternoon to listen to us talk about Stargate. You know who else was there was some of the studio execs from MGM. Really? They were there in the room and they were watching. They were watching not just, you know, how how we were doing up on the panel, but they were watching fans to see the enthusiasm that fans still have for Stargate. Because a lot of shows that I've loved over the years, right, they get canceled. There's a little bit of noise in fandom for a year or two, but then they just kind of fade away. Yeah. And the fandom kind of dissipates. And as long as Stargate fans kind of keep that alive and keep the candle burning and keep telling MGM, we want more Stargate. We want another show. Uh, they are listening. I saw it with my own eyes. I, I chatted up uh, some of the executives when we were on the Midway. And the impression that I came away with was they're they're seeing it. They're hearing it. Uh, and uh, and they want to do more Stargate. So just going back a little bit, did uh, Chris at all talk about 
um, his involvement with MGM, you know, not just as potentially reprising Teal'c, but also the fact that he had been pitching some projects and he has an ongoing relationship with the studio due to him co-hosting Dialing Home. So Chris was brought on as a sort of Stargate brand ambassador. Yeah. When they launched Stargate Command, he's co-hosting Dialing Home. He's doing a bunch of Stargate events, etc. cetera. Uh, Chris is also a creative. Chris wrote the story for the fifth season episode called The Warrior, which was the one with Imhotep. The first episode that he's credited as writing is season six's The Changeling. So this was Chris's journey that he was sharing on the panel was his move from being an actor on the show to being a writer, being a creative storyteller. Uh, he also helped to develop the Hawk Teal, the, the female Jaffa resistance and some of those later Jaffa episodes. So, you know, Chris has, has made no secret of, of the fact that he would love to tell a Jaffa origins story. Uh, and so he shared a bit more on the panel about what that idea is, not to announce that that he's been given the go ahead to do it. But it's one of the things that's on the table, I think. And he wants to tell the story. And what he shared was, uh, what are the Jaffa up to now? It took so many years for them to earn their freedom. And now we're a decade down the road. What's up with the free Jaffa now? And then as part of that story is how did the resistance come into existence in such a way that Teal'c and other Jaffa were influenced by their mentors the way that they were? And that might be the story of a young Braytac. Yeah, I think it's really cool that Chris has taken so much ownership of his character's arc and his character's heritage. Um it's not just a job for him, you know, it's kind of like he deeply connected with the values and the the narrative of the Jaffa as a, as a race and, and how Teal'c and Braytac are, are leaders within that realm. Um, I think that's a no-brainer to do something like that. Um, I actually was going to say earlier, I'm surprised that we didn't get any kind of uh, announcement for another origin story. Like, to me, I thought that was kind of um, low-hanging fruit, and it'd be a very easy way sure. to kind of hold fans over. I would love, and I think it would be a huge hit for Chris to, or, um, for Chris Judge or the Jaffa to be at the center of uh, Season 2 of Origins. Yeah, that would be so awesome. I would, I would love to see this. I think part of the reason why fans, uh, myself included here, were a little kind of uh, hot and cold on origins was because we we looked at the story of Catherine in in the 1930s and we asked is this a story that fits in with the shows that we love and there is a sort of a distance between that story and as she won if they were to do a second season of origins that was all about the Jaffa and Braytac etc cetera, etc cetera, you know or something else like it that that is closer and it's closer to the storytelling of SG-1 and that mythology. So I think it has the potential to be uh, to be something really cool. And right, if you've got if you've got Chris and Tony involved in it, right, writing or pr- producing, appearing on screen, um, maybe uh, hopefully give it a little bit more money. That's right. That's the origins that I want to see. So before we wrap this discussion up, I just want to hear from you, Darren. Were there any other cool experiences you had as a Stargate fan or any takeaways or cool stories that you got to experience um, on the convention floor? Boy, it was like I said, it was a whirlwind. It was so much fun to be there. It was a real privilege to be invited to to participate in these things. We had the panel. And then on Friday morning, we were at the Nerdist House, kind of down the road from the convention center. And I got to sit and do a live stream with 
Tony Amendola and Chris Judge and Kieran Dixon. That was hosted by uh, another one of my new best friends, Sam Maggs. And that was a blast. Um, Corin Nemec was around. He played Jonas, of course, on uh, on SG One. Jonas Quinn. Uh, Corin's got a, a another project, so he was at a booth in the exhibit hall, and so fans could kind of stop by and meet him. And he was, I think, signing some autographs. So I got to stop by and say hi to him. You know, some of these guys again. I went and did school for a lot of years as SGU was on and wrapping up and then the shows were off the air. I was kind of busy teaching. I was out of this world for a long time. So some of these guys I haven't seen for 10 plus years. It was just a blast to kind of get back into that into that world, into that rhythm to say hello, to reconnect, to deepen some friendships, to make some new friends, some Stargate fans who are around who went to all the events. Uh, Chad Colvin was there, who's a Gate World contributor. Got to connect with him for the first time in a, literally a decade. We've just been keeping up online. But yeah, I'd say one of the highlights of the week for me was getting to hang out with the Origins cast, right? getting to meet those folks face to face, to thank them for their interviews with you, uh, and just just to to sort of again reiterate that you know they're part of the Stargate family now. Uh, that's a solid group of people. Those are really cool people. I'm looking forward to seeing where their careers go. But uh, man, it was just a blast. Two days at Comic-Con is just about enough. I was pretty tired and ready to come home <laughs> to my kids after a couple of days, which is only half of Comic-Con. But right. uh, yeah, we had a blast. And and I really came away feeling like uh, Stargate is, is important to MGM and there's stuff happening. So thanks everybody for listening to the Gate World Podcast. Obviously, uh, I think there's a lot coming up that we're going to have to talk about, Adam. So as we get maybe closer to GateCon, as as news starts to come out, uh, we'll get back on the podcast. So you can head over to GateWorld.net and find everything that we've been talking about. You can find the, the future of our Stargate coverage. Uh, Adam, I think we're in for a good year. Absolutely. It looks like things are going to start to get very busy for the franchise and the fandom. And we'll see everybody back here for the next installment of the Gate World Podcast.